0: What would we do, baby, without us? Shalom. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 13 of Family Ties. This episode is titled The Disciple, and it originally aired on January 9th, 1986. And with me as always to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good,
1: good. Happy day to you. Happy, happy day to you as well. (laughs) Yes. Well, today's kind of a big geek holiday, so... It is,
0: yes. We are recording this on May the 4th Be With You. Yes. it's exciting. During the month of This Is The May, of course. Sure.
1: We're definitely not January
0: anymore. That's right. Although in Family Ties world, it is January. Yes. (laughs) Although it didn't seem like it was cold or snowing or anything. No, that's true. And they're back in school. But, you know, there's often times when it's, like, several weeks that pass during an episode. So it's not like it happens, you know, it's one day for one episode or something like that. Or
1: even a week. Yeah, definitely. They jump around quite a bit. And, spoiler alert
0: for this episode, we have yet another Goonies appearance.
1: Wasted appearance.
0: A very brief one, yes.
1: I hope that this person makes another appearance in a a future episode. We shall see. When we
0: get to guest stars later on, for sure. All right. Man, so let's see. We're deep into, well, we're shallow into 1986 now. And <laughs> we're, uh, we're coming up to, though, I mean, we're doing pretty well making it through the season. I don't know if we're going to quite make it before summer. What do you think? What, what's what's our prospect here?
1: Well, I, it's not looking good, I'll tell you that much. I don't think so, Because I right? think there's still... Oh gosh,
0: 10, 10 episodes. I think there's eleven more episodes, actually. Yeah, so we might not quite hit that before the summer, but we'll we'll make it happen.
1: We'll make it work. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah. this is good. Well, I mean, I I know that you guys are still um, not uh, flying and you know not extending vacations quite as much. Uh, do you think you're still going to be around over part of the summer? Probably some
0: spots here and there. We are planning on doing a road trip of some sort this summer. And nice. uh, that has not been nailed down just yet, which is driving Janelle crazy. But we've been too busy <laughs> to even plan it. I have some, like, prospects,
1: but... Well, you already told me it's not going to be Death Valley. Well, we might pass
0: by Death Valley, but we're not going to spend an extended amount of time in the summer in Death Valley. That's for sure.
1: Well, that's probably smart. It is yeah. going to be a little warm, you know. That's what now I hear. That we have more global warming.
0: <laughs> yeah. Death Valley valley's cool. We're definitely going to hit some more national parks wherever we go cuz we have got our pass. So we got to take advantage right. of that.
1: Yeah, you're it's good for a
0: year, right? Yeah. Is it a calendar year or a rotating year? It's a uh, ro- whenever you get it. it. They stamp like the month, so it's by month. So they oh, stamp okay. like March on ours cuz that's when we got it. Nice. So, yeah, pretty pretty cool. And we recently used it to go on a walk up in our local national forest up here where you have to have like the adventure pass, it counts oh, for that yeah. too. So we just oh. did a hike. Pretty cool. Nice. So all of this talk of vacation and not being in school reminds me that this episode we just watched deals heavily with school.
1: Yeah, it was it was really a Jennifer episode and I loved it. It was so good. Sha-la-la-la! All right. Well, let's just jump right in. We open the episode in the living room with Jen at the table and in walks Skippy. So we get Skippy again. Yes. We get a Goonie and Skippy in one episode, but they don't interact with each other. And they're both pretty short appearances. Yeah, super quick. Uh, we also have a really funny B storyline with Steve and Elise, and then the Boswells, <laughs> which I'm sure we're going to get to. But yeah. uh, Stephen and Elise are—they come downstairs as Jen and Skippy are talking about. You know, we find out that Jen's got a history project, a social studies project that she's working on. She's discussing how a bill becomes a law, and so she's doing some research and whatnot. And so, you know, she she tells Skippy, you know, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And he goes, oh, okay, well, you know, tell me what you got. And she goes, how a bill becomes a law. And so, of course, Skippy, you know, just being the awesome guy that he is, is like, oh, that's great. That sounds really good. I'm engaged. I'm excited for more. (laughs) And that's all she's got. (laughs) Steven and Elise run down. They're going to go on a play date with the Boswells, which it seems like the Boswells are picking them up. They must have a, a station wagon, too. So I guess they're carpooling. Right. And then the guy comes to the door, knocks on it and just opens it. And says, Keaton, you guys ready or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, not a lot of doors
0: being locked on the show recently. People just walking in willy-nilly. Never.
1: I wonder what the crime rate was in uh, central Ohio, you know, back in 1986. I guess they were very trusting. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently. Because Skippy barged in too,
0: keep in mind. Every, everyone just comes in.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's maybe a little bit more normal. Did you ever have a friend that would just come over to your house and just walk in?
0: No, 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 not yeah, at all. Yeah, we didn't either. I had friends that would come by and, like, you know, knock
1: to see if we could play kind of thing, but not not a barge in. What, now, what about if you went to your grandparents' house? Would you knock and wait for them to answer the door?
0: Uh, It depends, because, you know, my parents had a key. Okay. So, you know, but it depends on if they got the key out or, you know. I mean, usually it was the doorbell at my grandparents' house, and they had a real fun, like... You know, a big like tall chime one that made good sound. Ooh. So, yeah. You know, I think it was everyone used the doorbell, uh, especially because they had like a the place where everyone hung out was like way in the back, like in the den, and mm-hmm. you know, which was kind of like a family room area, whatever. And you couldn't hear the fr- front door being knocked upon, so you had to ring that doorbell.
1: Gotcha. I think when we would go to my grandparents' house, we would all just barge in always. Hmm. I would guess that they probably knew we were coming. My grandparents always had their doors locked, though. Interesting. So Stephen and Elise, Elder Keaton's, along with Andrew, all get in the car with the Boswells, with uh, you know little uh, Timmy driving, <laughs> who's you know a toddler, and they went on a play date. So we get back to uh, Jennifer asking for help, and Skippy unfortunately has no help, so he disappears. Mallory walks in. She's no help. Well, <laughs> I forgot uh, the reason why Skippy disappeared <laughs> is because Mallory was going to go change clothes, so she couldn't help Jennifer. And uh, Skippy goes, oh, well, do you need any help, Mallory? And she goes, yeah, Skippy, come on up. Let's go. (laughs) And he, of course, freaked out and runs out the door as quick as possible. So (laughs) Mallory's no help. She's got to change clothes, check out an outfit or something. And so the last person who walks in is, of course, Alex. And Jen is so desperate for help that she reaches out to Alex and asks him for help, which, of course, he gives her with the condition that with his help, it's his way or the highway. (laughs) And we find out that his way is maybe not always the best way. This is true. So Alex uh, starts looking through her source material, says that they need to go to the library, get a lot more source material, really need to pump up this project, really need to do a better job than you know just any old 7th grader, which we find out Jen's in 7th yeah. grade. And we also see that uh, Jennifer is having a growth spurt, She's pretty much the same height Alex is. <laughs> yes. <does>. Which Janelle <laughs> so, and I are
0: discussing this because... That might seem like you might be skeptical, like she's way older, but our daughter Audrey is currently in seventh grade, and she's about as tall as Janelle is now, so... What? Yeah. Janelle's maybe oh got gosh. a quarter of an inch on her. But it is ra- Her wow. lead is rapidly eroding. Wow. That's crazy. So it's a realistic uh, time period to be having a growth spurt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, especially for girls, I feel like, too. Boys are always so late to the game when it comes to the growth spurts. Yeah. So they end up going to the library. They get lots of source material for this project. And uh, they get home. Jennifer's working on it. Uh, she's got some th- thick books that she's looking through, trying to figure this all out. Some real dusty ones that uh, probably were not checked out and used from the old library there. Like Jurisprudence and the Common Law, (laughs) or Inside the U.S. Congress, etc. Exactly. I'm glad you took notes on the titles because I was like, nope. (laughs) Flash forward, we get to the classroom. It's the day of the presentation. Alex is hovering outside the classroom door, which that doesn't happen anymore (laughs) now. Right. (laughs) And one of Jennifer's classmates is Finishing a presentation, there's time for one more person. So the teacher says, "Oh, Jen, you know, are you ready to go?" And Jennifer says, "Yeah, absolutely." And Alex wheels in this cart of props and different things, and we find out that there's maps and costumes and lights and props, and you know, there's all kinds of fun stuff. And so the there's a fun interaction with Alex and the teacher where we find out that Alex is channeling his inner Nick <laughs> right. and uh, now works at a quarry oh his like
0: tough guy voice and act was so funny like that killed me oh,
1: it was so good <laughs> he just looked so simple yeah. when he was doing it <laughs> oh it made me totally think of nick though like he must have just thought like hey how would scott valentine yep, do this That's exactly what he was doing <laughs> oh so good so we get jennifer's presentation and uh you know we get we don't we miss all the middle part of it but we see the beginning when you know she's like taking a deep breath and the lights are all on and like alex has a flashlight on her and (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of funny and then we see the end where she's you know giving the last of the presentation dressed like lady liberty waving a (laughs) torch Oh, good stuff. It was so good.
0: Standing ovation by the class, of course.
1: Yes, of course. Well, everybody was blown away. They all looked like they were super enthralled in in what she was saying, too. Well, flash forward. We get to the house. Everybody's congratulating Jen, and Alex is, you know, kind of just singing her praises and kind of his own, too. And (laughs) so everybody's really proud of her. And there's a knock at the door, and it turns out it's the teacher. And her teacher wants to put her in for the uh, Dewey Award. Do you remember? Yeah, the Thomas
0: Dewey Award, I think, for, like,
1: academic ah. excellence or something like that. But it was Thomas Dewey Award. Yep. Thomas Dewey, yep. So she wants to put her in for that. The presentation is going to be, I think, like, Friday night or something like that in front of the, the school and, you know, any of the parents that want to attend kind of thing. And Jennifer's like, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. You know, I'm kind of a fake and a fraud. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, that award's only for nerds and dorks and <laughs> That's when we find out that Alex won it all three <laughs> <Yeah>. years. That <laughs> he was in middle school. We end up getting into the awards. That's when we saw our Goonie. Yes. Such a wasted bit of Goonie there. It was Corey Feldman. Now, he was actually in the classroom. I'm pretty
0: sure he was in the back. But he didn't have any oh, lines really? or anything. I, I, I feel like I spotted him back there. I didn't rewind to double check, but I'm pretty sure.
1: Interesting. Well, it was kind of a bummer because uh, we get the very tail end of his presentation. Jennifer gets up there. She's getting ready to, to do her whole thing, and she just can't remember anything. She falls apart. It's too much. She freaks out. So, you know, Alex is trying to coach her from the back, and he's telling her, like, hey, you know, do question and answer. You know, you know your stuff. You're fine. And those stinking Boswells had shown up, Uh, and of course he's a lawyer, and he's asking her her thoughts on a very particular case (laughs) that she's not qualified to give an answer to. So, of course, Alex can't help himself. He jumps in and starts giving an answer, and then the look that the teacher gives him is magical. Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: Because she thought he was, like, real simple.
1: Oh, yeah. Even when she was at the house and she was inviting Jennifer to come and participate, she's, like, yelling at Alex, and you get a close-up of his face. You know, she's very, like, do you understand your sister's smart? He just is, like, standing there staring at her. Yeah. And the great thing is the look
0: on, like, Stephen and Elise's face, because they have no idea why she's talking to him like that. There's some real comedy there.
1: Oh, you know, he can get her a a deal on some gravel from the quarry. (laughs) So Jennifer runs out. We flash back to the house again. And that's when we find out that Jennifer never wants to talk to Alex again. She hates him. He took over her presentation and made it too complicated to where she couldn't remember anything. And so he ends up getting everybody to leave the room because of course she never wants to talk to him again but then when everybody else leaves then she'll talk (laughs) they share some moments he basically says that she's just like him she's driven she always wants to be the best and that he's sorry that he pushed her too hard on this one but uh you know she needs to to live up to her potential kind of a thing and then he offers to buy her an ice cream and we get a freeze frame ice cream solves everything (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, it worked for uh, when she ended up messing with that other kid when she was a kid. She ruined a sandcastle. This is a
0: really funny episode. Like, I found myself laughing out loud a lot in this one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Griffin actually sat down and watched it with us. What was his take? He chuckled a couple times. Okay, it's pretty good for a high schooler. Right? (laughs) He was hovering, though, because he was trying to... You know, prom is this weekend, so he's trying to get some information on that, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. so There's been some extra pushing lately. So some chuckles
0: with a high school student who's going to prom, like, that's really good. If you can crack through that. Right? You know it was good.
1: (laughs) It's the best ever.
0: It's a high standard.
1: (laughs) Sha-la-la-la! All
0: right. So with our guest stars here, we're going to start off right off the bat with the most obvious one. We had Corey Feldman as Walter, who was a Dewey Award student finalist. And yes. as we discussed earlier, like this came out like right after the Goonies, you know, a few months later. So it was probably shot after the Goonies as well, but maybe it mm-hmm. was before the Goonies was a big hit, you know. I mean, it really feels like they underutilized someone as as popular. And and Corey Feldman had been in other stuff before.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, he was a child actor, like early childhood, His first right?
0: credits were in, like, 1978 as, oh, like, man. a really small child. So, like, before he got to the Goonies, he had already done 10 or 12 things.
1: Mm, I, I would bet that Goonies had come out and was already a, a pretty big hit when they booked him. Maybe they booked him before it had come out. But I bet they were kicking themselves that they didn't get him for a more substantial role. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, Chunk, you know?
0: Because he didn't even, I mean, aside from being... You know, humorous because he was using a lot of big words. By the way, the subject of his presentation, he was discussing DNA. I don't know if you caught that whole bit, but... <laughs> I didn't. That was more or less, you know, some, some things with DNA. So, you know, we heard a little bit about that, but really the only humor was just that he was using some big words. He didn't get any, like, dialogue with any of the actors or anything. He just did his presentation and sat down. Yeah, that was it. But... Since we got Corey Feldman, yet another Goonie. I think this is this is at least our fourth one, I'm pretty sure. Yes. We had Chunk has Chunk been on it twice or just once? Just once. Oh, Chunk's been on it once. And of course we had it was when
1: they turned their house into the bed and breakfast. Right.
0: We had Martha Plimpton. But who else did we have? Who am I forgetting?
1: The Ma. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this is our fourth one then. Yeah. But other things, you know, Corey Feldman's got 137 acting credits. We're not going to go through his entire filmography, but he's still currently doing stuff. Uh, Fairly recently, he uh, was in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV series, like a, a voice actor. He's done a lot of voice acting recently as Slash. Oh, who's Slash? Uh, one of the bad guys, I think, but it's been long enough that I don't remember. This was the series in, like, 2015 to 17, around in there. Okay. He was also in the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. He played the voice of Donatello in the first movie and the third one, but not the second one. Really? And I looked into it, and it was, he. you know, unfortunately probably familiar with a lot of you know child actors that struggle with substance abuse and stuff like that and he was definitely one of those uh, and so during the making of number two he was in rehab and you know wasn't able to do it but they had him return for three after the fact
1: so number three is that the one with uh, the secret of the ooze that number or two is, is two? secret of the ooze oh, okay so that's the one with vanilla ice
0: yeah number three is when they go back okay. to like Samurai Time or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but they travel in time, I'm pretty sure. Turtles in Time? It's like that, but I don't know. I don't know if I even watched that one all the way through. I've probably seen bits on TV or something. I might even be getting it confused with, like, a made-for-TV one later. I don't know. The Turtles are back, in Time is the tag? There one. we go. See? Yeah. So you're 100% right. I had that tucked away back there. But Corey Feldman is also in, like, so many other classic movies. Just some highlights. Uh, he was in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One, which is one of the great spoof movies of all time. Are you familiar with that? Samuel Jackson and Emilio Estevez. Yes, but I, th- I can't think of the last time I actually saw it. Oh my gosh! I of course have it on DVD, and I I love that movie. It's it's one of those great classic, you know, in the in the mode of like airplane, Naked Gun, Hot Shots, that type of thing. A classic. Yeah. Um, some other classic movies he was in: Dream a Little Dream, The Burbs. With Tom Hanks, oh. which I love that movie. That one is like great and
1: bizarre. Is that the one with the bathtub fall through? Oh, that's that's the money money pit. pit.
0: No, the Burbs is the one where, you know, it all takes place on their little block. And they are pretty convinced that their next-door neighbors are, like, murdering people and burying them in the backyard. And so they, like, try to sneak over there to find out. They're real weird, you know, almost like a Munsters or Adams family type of family. Not quite to that degree, but they're real weird looking like that, you know. And so they, like, keep trying to go over and invite themselves over and sneak in the backyard to see what's going on. And I won't spoil it, but it's... It's some real comedy. Bruce Dern is in it. Carrie Fisher's in yeah, it? Yeah, it's fantastic. And wow. Corey Feldman is, one, is like one of the neighbor kids. Yes, yeah, from 1989. So yeah, yep. don't, I, you don't want to spoil that. Not Well, it's true. It's <laughs> But it's so good. You've really never seen The Burbs? I don't think I ever have. It was like my roommate in college, one of his favorite movies. And we probably watched it 20 times throughout the years that I lived with him. I feel like
1: uh, you know the person or the people that murder and bury people in the backyard is real close to that uh, Shia LaBeouf movie. It's a little more lighthearted, though. It's definitely a comedy,
0: although it's, like, a a darker comedy.
1: Sure. What was that Shia LaBeouf movie? I saw that one. The one that's, like, a remake of Rear Window, you mean? Oh, I don't... I never saw Rear Window,
0: so... What? (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock? Rear Window? (laughs) Yeah, never saw it. Are you serious? Okay, is the Shia LaBeouf (laughs) one that you're thinking of where he's, like, on house arrest and he, like, watches people out the window... Yes. Okay, that's a basically an uncredited remake of an Alfred Hitchcock movie called Rear Window. In that one, though, it's Jimmy Stewart, and he's broken his leg, and so he's, like, you know, housebound. And he's watching all his neighbors through binoculars while he's, like, stuck at home. And witnesses what oh. he thinks, or he, he does witness a murder and has to, like, you know, try to solve it. All while being stuck in his okay. house. It's fantastic. And I feel like you and I need to watch more Alfred Hitchcock movies together. Because how have you not seen Rear I, Window? I think I've only
1: seen probably two or three <sighs> Alfred Hitchcock movies. What? Psycho? I know. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the whole movie. Oh, my gosh. The Birds? I've seen The Birds, yes. Okay, North by Northwest? With Tippy. Uh, I've, I've seen that one. Okay. Those are like the big
0: famous ones, I guess. Vertigo, maybe. Probably seen that. No. Uh, the Man Who Knew Too Much? Disturbia. Disturbia, Disturbia is, is the, the one,
1: yeah. movie. Which is, yeah.
0: I, I don't think it was credited, but it's basically a remake of, of Rear Window. Interesting. Yeah. Man. So, you know, I love Alfred Hitchcock, and I have been on an Alfred <sighs> Hitchcock podcast a couple of times to discuss in great detail some of the Hitchcock
1: movies that I love. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I've actually, I remember some of your appearances on yeah, that show. The
0: Shanley so. Silhouette, shout out there. If you guys want to hear some of me uh, talking about Alfred Hitchcock, check it out. Well, anyway, back to uh, Corey Feldman. We uh, He's also in License to Drive, The Lost Boys, Stand By Me. Ooh. Well, he was in a couple of Friday the 13th movies. He was in Gremlins, which is an ultimate classic, right? Oh, yeah. And then early on, because Gremlins was before Goonies, which means they definitely knew who Corey Feldman was by the time they got him on Family Ties. And then one of his very early ones, is he was the vo- a voice in The Fox and the Hound as Copper, which is, I think, the oh, fox? No, Todd is the fox. Okay. Copper's the dog. It's been a yeah. long time since I've seen that. Anyway, so he's, yeah. I mean, his career goes way, way, way back. Yeah, it does. Oh, that's a sad movie too. Yeah, it is. Corey Feldman, he's uh, he does some good stuff. That's Corey Feldman. So unfortunately, we didn't get to see him too much, and also unfortunately, this is his Don't only appearance it. on Family Ties. Oh, I know, man. I know. Wasted Goonie. Well, at least we got a Goonie. A wasted Goonie is better than no Goonie at all. Exactly. At least we know his character doesn't get killed off, though. Because Goonies never say die. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) We do have a few other guest stars, of course, in this episode. Up next... We have uh, Mrs. Pedroza, which is the teacher. Uh, She was played by Belita Moreno. She's been in a lot of stuff, 56 credits. She's played a teacher and some other things. She was in two of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies as a teacher, Mrs. Norton. She's also a recurring character on the George Lopez show for 120 episodes. Oh, wow. She did some TV guest appearances. She was a regular on Perfect Strangers, which we've talked about recently, 46 episodes. As Lydia. Huh. She was also in the movie Gross Point Blank. I don't know if you ever saw that with uh, John Cusack. Yes, John Cusack. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. It's a good one. Great movie. Mini Driver. But this is actually part of the reason I'm not going too deep into her filmography. This is her second appearance on Family Ties. What? Yes. Now, not as the same character. She played a different character named Bernice in a 1983 episode, Elise Arc. This was actually the final episode of the first season, and interestingly enough, I was just looking to try to remember what episode it was. It's an episode where Elise gets a new position, and she's working too much, and she and Steven clash because she doesn't have time for the family, and she's like gone too much at her work. And that's when the kids were talking
1: about, uh, oh, does dad even live here anymore? And you yeah, said, oh, they've already done that with, uh, with Elise. That's right. This
0: is the one. So huh. it was the last episode of season one, the final one where Steven was clean-shaven. Yeah, so we've seen her. This is her second appearance of two, so we don't have her anymore. It's nice to see her again. Yeah. Okay, next, Brenda, who was the student who presented right before Jennifer went on, Mm -hmm. she was played by Amy O'Neill. Did you recognize her by any chance? I didn't. Okay, so I had just a vague, like, I recognize this girl. What is she from? And she's got 23 acting credits, a lot of, like, uh, you know, TV appearances and things like that. Murder, She Wrote, Star Trek, The Next Generation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. She had a recurring role on The Young and the Restless for a while. But her main thing, and the, definitely what I recognize her from, is she is the older sister, Amy Zelinski, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Honey, I Blew Up the Kids.
1: You're right. She
0: is. Yes. Obviously, it was a few years later, so she's a little bit older, but... I, I knew I recognized her from somewhere. Wow. I also thought, because her name is Amy O'Neill, the actress, and for, I was trying to remember, I thought, like, is that another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference? But that's April O'Neill. So. April, yeah. Yeah. But for <laughs> a second, I was convinced that it was the same name. Oh, that would have been so cool. <laughs> I know. Missed opportunity, I guess. Whatever. If only her parents had known when they named her, (laughs) what would have been popular in the 80s? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Jeez. (laughs) I feel like they didn't even try. No.
0: But this is her only appearance on Family Ties as Brenda. All right. It was cool to see her. I knew. it. It was one of those things where, you know, it's just I recognize a little glimmer and I knew
1: she was from something, and when I saw it, I was like, that's it. That's it. For some reason, like she was kind of quick on and off the screen, and I just was like, oh, okay, you know. I didn't dig too deep
0: into my brain. Again, her main role was just presenting an actual project, kind of like Corey Feldman, so yeah, not a lot to work with there, but she did a fine job at
1: doing it. It does make me want to go back and see if he was in the classroom. I want to see if I could figure out where he was and then uh, compare my notes with yours. I'm pretty sure he was in the back. Yeah, like, I, think I bet you're so. right, because, you know, they already got him there. Might as well use him. Well,
0: yeah, and because I, I knew I was kind of looking for him because I knew he was in the episode, but I may or may not have started the episode late today, and I did not have time to rewind and uh, go back and see if I was right that he was there. So <laughs> it was one of those days, you know,
1: <laughs> you have been running around like crazy. Yeah, it's been a week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only Wednesday.
0: <laughs> so up next, we have the Boswells. So first we've got Ralph Boswell. This is the family, the couple that's like been competing with Stephen and Elise over whose kid is better. And he's played by an actor named David Wall, W-O-H-L. He has 87 acting credits. Now, again, I'm not going to go deep into his acting career because he's been on the show before as well. What? Yes. I'll highlight a couple things just as we get down to his Family Ties appearances. But he's on TV shows like The X-Files and Home Improvement. Uh, He was a regular on Hey Arnold as a voice actor. He was also in um, Hot Shots Part 2. Oh. Speaking of good spoof movies. And The War of the Roses, Troop Beverly Hills, The Couch Trip. Tons and tons of 80s comedies. But this is his second appearance on Family Ties. His first one was in Don't Know Much About History, but he was in that one as a different character, Zane Axelrod. This is his second appearance in this episode this week of four appearances. So he's going to be in it two more times, one in 87 and one in 88, but as different characters, not as the same guy. So we will not be seeing the Boswells again. Well, I feel like that's okay. The Keatons were done hanging out with them. (laughs) And speaking of the Boswells, finally, we have Betty Boswell, played by Cynthia Carl. This is her first and only appearance on Family Ties. She's only got seven acting credits, and none of the others have I ever heard of what they are. Although, she was in the TV series of The Client for one episode. It's pretty much, that's pretty much, oh, I guess she did an episode of Benson, which I've heard of, but never watched.
1: You never watched Benson? No, what's Benson? With uh, Robert Guillaume. He was a butler. No. He was uh, real smart and quick and quick witted, quick mouth. There was, um, oh gosh, the guy from Deep Space Nine, Rene Aubergine or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, he was in that show. Can't exactly tell you what they did, but it was a good show. Like Mr. Belvedere
0: or Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That's like a classic sitcom situation, right? Yeah, pretty much. Rene Aubergeois, yeah. however you say his name. Yes. He was him. also in, I think we've talked about this before, but he was in uh, Brewster McCloud, the Robert Altman movie. Did we talk oh. about this? Where he like slowly turns into a bird yeah. throughout <laughs> the whole movie. I didn't know that. It's like one of my favorite, most bizarre movies. I. As of the last time I looked, it was not available, like, streaming or on DVD even. I still have my VHS copy because it was, like, impossible to find. Mm-hmm. But it's really bizarre. And over the course of the movie, Rene Aubourgeois turns into a bird very slowly but surely. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's it's weird. It also stars Shelley Duvall and Bud Cort as the titular Brewster McLeod. Oh. Well, anyway, that brings us to the end of our guest stars. Some interesting appearances, some repeat
1: appearances that we'll be seeing again. But no Timmy, I guess, you know, he was too busy driving the car. He even was off screen, went, yeah. <laughs> even when they went to watch all those people uh, give their presentations and stuff, they just, they must have left uh, the baby in the car, you know, just keep it running. Well, they said all this babysitters like flocked to them. They love watching little
0: Timmy. It's oh, not hard to find a sitter for him because he's so great. Yeah, well,
1: he already walks and
0: talks and, you know, he writes books. and He plays backgammon, we found out. Oh, that's right. And he beat Steven in two out of three games. (laughs) Do you know how to play backgammon? I have played it before. I would definitely need a refresher. You know, I couldn't just jump into it without looking at the rules, but sort of.
1: Okay. I don't know
0: that that's a game I've ever played. I mean, it's fun. It's a good game. There's a reason it's, you know, a classic, but it would definitely require a refresher course.
1: What game do you think is the most iconic, most classic game of all time? That, like, everyone would recognize? Yeah. Probably chess. Oh, okay. What would you think? I feel like Monopoly. Love it or hate it, people know that game. But
0: I would say, internationally speaking, chess would be wider recognized.
1: Uh, You're probably right. Monopoly is kind of an American concept. Yeah,
0: and even, I'm sure it's, you know, in other countries, but if you were to go to more remote, less developed areas, they've probably seen chess at some point.
1: You're probably right, because they're not doing uh Monopoly tournaments and stuff like they do chess tournaments.
0: Although yeah. I would be willing to bet Monopoly's in the top five, though. I'm not saying you're wrong. But you're just saying, I'm not right. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you're you're mostly right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, who knows? <laughs> Well, any fun observations
1: or jokes that
0: we should go over here with this episode?
1: Yes. When uh, (laughs) Skippy compares himself to a toddler, to Timmy. (laughs) He's like, well, I can do my ABCs or I can do that. (laughs) I was like, oh,
0: poor Skippy. Because they said that uh, Timmy can read, he can stand up, and he can walk. And he's like, He's like, I can do like most of those
1: things. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, there's that part in the kitchen where um, Alex and Jennifer are talking about the presentation and how it went so well and, you know, everybody loved it and... You know, Steven's like, oh, you know, you're really a chip off the old block. And Elise starts to give a story about how Jennifer was like her. And Steven interrupts and talks about giving a speech to a group of people at the bowling alley. <laughs> and, and then uh, after Elise kind of, you know, slams him a little bit, he goes, well, I really did bowl him over. And it just kind of like a throwaway, and I just laughed. And Elise is like, great story, Steven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, And then uh, there's the part where uh, Alex had made the Capitol building, and Jennifer was going to show everybody, and she's like, yeah, you pass it around. Just don't smoke in it. <laughs> <laughs> when Jennifer got upset and went home, Alex is like, well, you know, Mom and dad, you guys help her with homework all the time and Stephen goes, "Well, yeah, but it's not the same thing. We're not that much help." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were a couple of my favorites that I didn't already mention. What about you? Well, speaking of that scene,
0: my absolute favorite of the whole episode was when, you know, Mallory keeps offering that she'll help Jennifer. And she's like, oh, that's, that reminds me of the report that I did in seventh grade. And Alex is like, what was your report on? And she said, it was a revolutionary war. They wore red coats. We dressed casually.
1: <laughs> there
0: she goes with that fabric smarts again. Oh, my gosh. And Alex was, like, on fire this episode. Like, he had so many great lines. I Ugh. I couldn't write everything down because I was just enjoying it so much. But at the end when he's, like, comforting Jennifer and he's, like, you know, telling her, you know, you and I are a lot alike. You know, we were both driven. And and Jennifer's like, Alex, please, I'm depressed enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great episode for Jennifer. She was also just had a lot oh, of great lines. She's so good. And then, of course, Alex's whole thing with the teacher when he's pretending, like you said, to be like a Nick kind of character. And she said she asked him how are things at the quarry, and he's like, busy, busy. Want to buy a couple tons of granite? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so great. I'm not sure how that works, but I'm pretty sure that's not <laughs> it.
0: I don't think so. I, I think he doesn't know how a quarry works either.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, Which is really huh? funny to say how smart he is.
0: Oh, yeah. And he also tells her, I don't know nothing about this government mumbo jumbo. <laughs>
1: mumbo jumbo. <laughs> uh, the look on her face, though, when he jumped in to answer the question from the oh, uh, yes. Mr. Boswell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then he's like, oh, at least that's what I, I think I heard Jennifer say around the house. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. The last, like, jokey one that I wrote down was when Alex asked to have the room with Jennifer so they could talk it out. And Elise is like, all right, you know, you have ten minutes to work it out, but no hitting. And Alex <laughs> is like, I never do that, Mom. And she's like, I was talking to
1: Jennifer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jennifer can hold her own. You don't have to worry about her. Which was
0: also interesting. I don't know if you caught this, but that was, like, dubbed over. That's not what she actually said. Another one, like we had last week, where. Oh, no. What she actually said was no fighting. You can very clearly see her saying that, but they dubbed it over and it says no hitting. Oh, interesting. It's a better joke. It's actually what the joke. It doesn't make sense if they, she says no fighting. Mm hmm. So it probably just was a mistake on her part and they just had her dub it over, you know?
1: Versus going back and refilming
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing,
1: is just that one word was off. That's know. interesting. I'll have to check that out. I didn't even catch it. Of course, I was probably writing notes. It's hard. It's hard to multitask, I know. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, every time we take notes, you know, we, we suffer because we don't just watch the episode. That's right. That's too.
0: <laughs> That's why normally I, you know, have the remote and I could pause and
1: go back and look at stuff, but... I did not have
0: that luxury tonight.
1: I'll tell you, the CPS app is not the, or the Paramount app, excuse me. Yes. It's not the easiest app for maneuverability. Oh, no. It's no Netflix, I'll tell you that. Well, the
0: DVD works just fine for that. I can go frame Mm. by frame if I want to. (laughs) Oh, nice. I bet
1: it's really fun to watch an episode, you know, frame by frame.
0: Well, you got to get all the details, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, one other one I forgot about that I just, I just remembered. When Jennifer, at the very beginning, when she's asking Alex for help and she's like, Alex, please, like, I need your help doing this project. I beg you in my hour of need as your sister, will you please, please help me? I beg of you. And Alex is like, he thinks about it and he's like, what's in it for me? <laughs> <laughs> and it just epitomizes the Alex mentality. Yes, it does. And yet, at the end, Jennifer reveals that
1: under Alex's tough exterior, he's really a nice guy. Yeah, because even when uh, she broke the other kid's uh, sandcastle, uh, she saw Alex go back and buy that kid an ice cream. Yes, a small cone. Yeah, showing that he's got just that little bit of heart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not too much, just enough. Sha-la-la-la! Okay, a
0: couple of other observations, just some things that I noticed First of all, Skippy, in the beginning, his outfit that he was wearing was fantastic. Yes, He's got a beret and a big old scarf, and he just, I don't know, he was very Skippy in that outfit. Yes,
1: and that beret was super cool. It wasn't Raspberry, though. Uh, No, it was not Raspberry. (laughs) Raspberry.
0: Now, what's interesting is, and I think we talked about this as one of the things we're going to have to do a side episode on, is that a movie that Mark Price was in, was not directly part of Family Ties, but it's closely related, he was in a movie called Killer Tomatoes Eat France. Now, this is a little bit later.
1: Oh, yeah. But
0: the beret made me think of it. And in that movie, he plays Mark Price on a vacation to France. And he wants people, you know, he wants to, like, meet girls and impress them. And so they think, oh, aren't you from that TV show Family Ties? And he says, yes. And he tells them all that he is Michael J. Fox. And they don't know (laughs) because they're in France, so they believe it. So he plays Mark Price pretending to be Michael J. Fox in the movie. And, you know, he's in France, so he does have a Bray on at times. And it's pretty
1: great. (laughs) That sounds pretty incredible.
0: So we will have to do that as a spin-off, but that's not until, that came out in 1991, so we're, oh. you know,
1: we'll do that later. Yeah, we'll finish the series first, I think, probably at that point. Yes,
0: but it'll be a good one of our addendums that we can do. I like it. Also, let's see, we had a couple of songs that were, fe- that were in this episode. Oh, okay. Some soundtrack stuff, yes. So... During Jennifer's presentation, in addition to lighting cues and props and costumes and everything, maps, they played two songs during the presentation. The first one was Fanfare for the Common Man, and it's a song that you'll recognize. You've probably heard in documentaries or inspirational movies. Um, According to the article that I read about it, John Williams actually references some of the notes and themes in it and a lot of his score and everything. It was actually composed by the American composer Aaron Copland in 1942, and it was inspired by a speech made by then-American Vice President Henry A. Wallace, in which he proclaimed the dawning of the Century of the Common Man. That's what it's named for.
1: Interesting.
0: Did you know Henry
1: A. Wallace was a Vice President of the United States? I would, I'm would. i going to have to not lie and tell the truth and say no. I, I did <laughs> not know he was a vice president. Before I read this Wikipedia article earlier, I did not either. I mean, I'm sure I've probably
0: seen the name at some point, but uh, if you had asked me before I read it, I would not have been able to say that. No. Yeah, Henry A. Wallace. Boy, that's a name I don't even know if I've ever heard it. I think, let's see, 1942 would be uh, Roosevelt, Roosevelt, right? Right? Roosevelt yeah. Roosevelt,
1: yeah. Learned something here on Family Ties. Oh, and you know who the vice president was before him? No. John Nance Garner. Nope, I did not know that. (laughs) Didn't know that person either. (laughs) Well, you know, this been president talk. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Our vice president.
0: Speaking of uh, uh, patriotic songs, the other song featured during her presentation was the Battle Hymn of the Republic. That one's probably a little more well-known. Yes. I could actually like hum that one. <laughs> that one, <laughs> yes. So that one was the lyrics were written by an abolitionist writer Julia Ward Howe in 1861 to the music of a previously written song, John Brown's Body. John, John Brown's, Brown's body, body right? lies moldering in the grave. Yeah, we actually huh. sang that one in our like music class when I was in elementary school. How did she do it?
1: How did she do it? Her last name was How.
0: Ha. <laughs> she did, yes. Yeah.
1: Sorry. That was good.
0: That was good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there you go. Sorry. That's uh, it was two songs, instrumental, but I figured it was worth mentioning since yeah. it was in there. That's great. Good info. Like I said, you learn things on this show.
1: Sha la 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 So was there a moral to this episode? There is a moral. There's always a moral. And it comes from Alex at the very end of the episode. You know, you got to be all you can be in life. Don't sell yourself short. Never give up and always do your best. Good. He inspired Jennifer.
0: I think they realized in the end that they weren't so different, although they have different approaches to things. Mm -hmm. My take on on the moral was slightly different. It was just that, like, basically... To not only be yourself, but to do your own work. That, you know, when trying to help someone, doing something for someone isn't really helping them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's tempting a lot of times when, when you have kids to just like, oh, I'm just going to do this for you. Or I'm going to like, you know, do the most of it and let you fill in the blanks or whatever. But the only way to really learn something is to do it yourself. It's not going to benefit anyone if you just have it done for you. That's really good. That's really deep. If you don't make that knowledge your own, you're going to lose it. I mean, it was it was a good moral. It definitely was a lighter episode overall. You know, it was a lot of fun.
1: And we finally got some Jennifer. I feel like we have not really had a lot of Jennifer in any episode in weeks. Then this was like a very Jennifer-centric
0: episode. So it yeah. was nice.
1: Her presentation was really good, too. So, I mean, she did great in the classroom. I think it was the parents that really tripped her up. Well, and it seemed like Alex was trying to cram more information into her, her brain there.
0: Right. They should have just stuck with what she had already done. Yep. If
1: she had just repeated that, she would have been fine. Sha-la-la-la! Well, I actually have one little tidbit. I have to give a shout-out because I met a friend of Alex Bikitin as my friend in real life last week. What? Yeah, my friend Dave Diller, who listens to our show. Oh, hey, Dave. Yeah, he we actually had dinner together last week, and uh, we were talking family ties. Nice, as one does. Well, of course, <laughs> you know, much to the chagrin of the rest of the table who didn't listen, and he schooled them <laughs> quite promptly. So, but uh, yeah, we had a good time and great dinner, and we got to chat family ties and. You know, it's kind of funny because he grew up watching the show, and so he's kind of reliving it as he listens, and hopefully I'm not putting too many words in his mouth. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So it was really fun. We had a good time. It's nothing like
0: talking Family Ties with someone. And he was curious to see what we're going to do next. Like what show we're going to do next after Family Ties.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of options. It became the talk of the table, like what would you do a podcast on? So it really was a, a uh, a good conversation that we had. That's cool. And I told him your theory about how you don't want to do something current because there's probably somebody else doing it. And it's a little more fun to look back at uh, some of the shows of the past. Yeah, because we're playing on nostalgia a bit. You know,
0: people are like, it's fun, but it's older enough that it's still kind of new to look back and remember. You know, you're looking at it with new eyes now. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, for me,
1: a brand new eyes, too, because I never watched the show. That's so cool. I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. So we had a really good conversation about family ties. It was super fun. That is awesome.
0: Well, thanks for listening. And thanks for talking with Keith about family ties. Because it's, it's rare to find someone in the wild that wants to just chat family ties, you know.
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of people uh, that, that can keep up. <laughs> that is really, really cool. Maybe someday we'll get another cast member on and then they'll be able to keep up because I feel like they have a little more personal experience <laughs> with the show.
0: <laughs> well
1: we're working on it. it it'll yes, happen.
0: Uh, a friend of our show that we've talked about, I, I mentioned quite a bit, but they do the Airwolf show, the Airwolf mm, Years. Mm-hmm. Dave Champa, a friend of ours, and he um they just recently had a cast member from Airwolf on their oh, show. It's really cool. What? So Yeah. They the cast member actually reached out to them, heard about the show, and reached out to them and said she would like to come on the show. So, what I'm putting a call out there. If there's any cast members that are listening right now, whether you are in the regular cast or just had a guest star appearance, please hit us up at Alex is my friend at gmail.com or send us a message on our Alex P. Is my friend Facebook page and let us know because we'd love to have you on the show. Yes, 100%. Now that I know that's a possibility, I figured we better like put the call out there. Congratulations to the Airwolf guys cuz. Yeah, that's it's awesome. That's really fun. Hopefully, hopefully someone out there's listening that's from the cast. I mean, I, I got to figure at some point someone's going to check it out, right? I know if, if I was on a TV show, I would like look
1: around and see what people are saying about it eventually. Oh yeah, even if it has been a little bit longer, but maybe we should put together like a uh, a few of our highlights like a reel and then we can send it to uh we call those people that uh, manage those people managers oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. yeah it's or their talent idea. talent agency or you know whoever it is that manages uh, their careers
0: and let them know this would be a good
1: career move for really anyone oh. to come on this show yeah because we're not the kind of guys that are going to like jump on them and try to you know make it look foolish or something right we have genuine love and nostalgia for the show well it was fun when you know when we had
0: Mark Price on the show. Oh, you could tell at first that he, you know, in my conversation with him before not actually on the recording but just in my conversation beforehand, he wanted to make sure that I wasn't coming like having him come on to like make fun of it. Oh, that that yeah. wasn't my point, you know. And obviously no. like we enjoy some of the, you know, archaic quirks of the show and can laugh about it, but I genuinely love the show. It's just also sometimes funny to see what it was like back in the 80s you know so I, <laughs> yes. I think he saw that i was genuine he's like oh okay you're for real i mean he said that you're for real you this is like for really you enjoy the show and i was like yeah and he's like okay this is cool we can do this yeah 100 uh, percent. I, I can imagine like that would be a sensitive thing because you know it's easy to look back at things in the past and and make fun of it because it's old but it's a lot more fun to appreciate it for what it was and what it still is oh
1: and it. it's a great show It's a great show. So much fun to watch on a regular basis. It is.
0: And it's a great show to watch with you, Keith, as my
1: very special co-host. Well, thank you so much for having me be your very special co-host. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. It is it is a pleasure. And it's a pleasure to have you, dear listeners, along for the ride with us. Thank you for talking and thinking about family ties with us. Once again, if you would like to get a hold of us, please write to us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Send us a message. You can also find us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group, a group for the friends of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. Also, this is exciting news. Podchaser finally like updated all the stuff so it has me as the host of Alex Bikiton is my friend they actually put me as the host of a bunch of things which is cool like it just took them a while to update it but now I'm all over the place so we'll get Keith all in place as the creator and all set up there but if you guys want to follow us on Podchaser as well that would be great <laughs> a funny note on Podchaser by the way I was looking at it this week when they updated it And Janelle was looking at it and she's like, Oh, did you know you got a review on Alex P. Keaton is my friend? Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, Yeah. Yeah, I did. You wrote it. And she's like, Oh, I did. I forgot.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she gave us five stars. That's right. Could you imagine if she didn't, if she only gave us like two stars? No, I can't. That would be horrible. Yeah. Well, she didn't remember doing it in the first place. So I guess we're pretty memorable. I I think think you especially should be more memorable to her. I would
0: hope so. I mean, (laughs) we did recently have our 19th wedding anniversary, so I'm hoping she knows who I am. Congratulations. Thanks, yeah. Almost to 20.
1: It's coming.
0: We hit 25 this year. That is super cool. And you guys are doing like a cool thing, right? We are. We're actually going to go to Bora Bora. That is so cool. Yeah, we're super excited. I hope it's interesting there, though. I hear it can be a, a Bora Bora sometimes.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I can definitely get back to you on that afterwards. That's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't live up to its name.
1: <laughs> right. Although if it was really boring, that might not be a bad idea at this time. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> I'm ready for That's a break. true. <laughs> just a good place to take a nap. That's really all you need. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I love it.
0: Well, thanks again, Keith, for joining us. Thank you dear listeners for joining us and we will be back again next week on another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend.
1: What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. And what would we do,